action. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of The Average Critics. I'm joined tonight by Obi and Chris. Welcome back, Chris. Not had you on for a while. How's it been? Been all right, thank you very much. How's everyone else? All good. I'm we're, well. We do this over Skype and uh, when I see Obi's initials, it's just oi. So every time I look at the screen, it's just oi. Oi, yeah. <laughs> it's not even capitalised either, so it does look like a polite like, way. Yeah. It's just, I'm like, oh, okay, taken aback by it every time. So, like, okay, calm down. Um, so, uh, I guess a bit of film news. Um, we could talk about the cancellation of Krypton. Um, I know that's something that you watched, Obi. Oh, mate, I'm pissed. I'm actually quite pissed. Have you seen, are you up to date? Something season two just finished? Yeah, it just finished. I um, so I've just watched the second to last episode, so I'm going to watch the last one probably sometime this week. Um, and it's been a good season, I think. Anyway, I'm actually quite. Uh, I'm, I'm they just bring they... In... Go on, Chris. I was gonna say, did they just bring in Lobo, and they've cancelled the yeah. spin-off of Lobo as well? Yeah, well, yeah. You're both on. You're right on both counts. They, he was in like the first maybe four episodes of the season. Um, but yeah, now he's a. Uh, and they were yeah, I think he was quite popular, so they were going to do a spin-off. But obviously now they've said fuck that. So <laughs> yeah. Was it a DC? Why did they was don't know. Why did they cancel it? I actually, I actually don't know. Maybe just probably low viewership. I can imagine. I can't imagine loads of people watch it. To be honest, it was sci-fi, wasn't it? Not DC Universe. Yeah, sci-fi. Do you wonder if maybe it will go onto DC Universe or? Um, I don't know if that's the plan, but I reckon maybe it might be one of those things where if there's enough like fanfare, they might decide to do it on DC Universe. Maybe. Be nice. Yeah, it just I don't know. It seems like two seasons. Like, I know you enjoyed it, and it's obviously mm. a different take on the the DC kind of franchise. But um, yeah, well, that's a shame. Um, you've got the last last season of Arrow coming out soon. Yeah, I think October that'll be out. Mate, Obes, you've got to tell me when the Infinity Crisis uh, thing happens, because mate, it sounds like it's going to be got a banging cast coming along for it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds properly. So yeah, I heard rumours Tom Tom Welling might might be coming back. But then I was yeah. like, what, is he going to reprise his role as another Superman? Like, what's what's going to happen there? And apparently there was a Birds of Prey series back in the day and apparently the people off that might be coming into it or something. Mm. I heard that um, Brandon Routh is going to yeah. play his version of Superman. Yeah. Which, is he's also another character in it though, isn't he? Yeah, he's the Atom. So that's proper like... That's I mean, like that's like if Chris Evans played the Human Torch in the MCU. Yeah, literally. Yeah. That'd be fun as well. Actually, so, um, I was might be say, a nice segue. Oh, quickly, you... quickly yeah. then. I was going to say, um, Kevin Conroy, who like normally voices Batman in the animated films, he's going to play an older Batman in the series as well. Oh, that's quite cool. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be like canon with the animated films or not, or I don't know. Maybe they might do that. Oh, okay. That sounds that sounds probably one of the most interesting plots of any of these Arrowverse shows that you've ever. Wow. Seen. I'm only in it for the the big ones. It's the crossover thing. <laughs> Snowflake. <laughs> but um, talking of the Human Torch, uh, Chris, we've not heard your thoughts on all the Marvel uh, news that came out of Comic Con. Do you want to? Mm-hmm. Give us a rundown on what you thought. So there's uh, Mahershala Ali as Blade. You've got Thor 4. You've got um, no mention of Guardians 3. 
but you've got uh, Shang-Chi, you've got Doctor Strange 2. What are your thoughts? So I'm just trying to find the list because I haven't seen it in a while. But uh, it, seems, like, it seems like they're promising to continue on this because I was always very worried that they would like just fall really short of like what else they've done. But um, yeah. well, I like the idea that Doctor Strange is going to be their first horror. How horror, I don't know because they want to. I'm sure they don't want to detach any audience from actually going to see it. Because I know Obi here doesn't like horror, do you? So it won't be scary. It'll be a tw- it's going to be a twelve, so it won't be scary. Yeah, it'll True. be it'll be like well, to be fair, Woman in Black was a twelve, but I can't imagine it's going to be as kind of jumpy as that. It will probably just be like horror inflected. You know, if it's like madness, it might be a bit. I don't know. Yeah, and Scott, and, and I like the fact it seems that they're trying to combine a lot of aspects, which I quite like. So the fact that um, Scarlet Witch is going to be in Doctor Strange. I think it's quite good because I think they're both very OP characters at the moment and it'll be interesting to see what they could come against that would be strong enough to like bring them down mm. and I also think it might be a lead on for her to get out of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and go to a different timeline to be with Vision or something like that so they can do the Vision Wonder series or something like that. Well, WandaVision is actually going to come before Doctor Strange 2 and potentially lead into it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, and also something I heard the other day, which I hadn't actually realised, is that all of these series, like your Falcon and um, Winter Soldier, they're limited series. So, yeah, they're only six episodes. Yeah, I didn't realise that. So I'm actually yeah. kind of pleased about that, that they know that they're just going to do six episodes or whatever. Because I was thinking, oh, is it going to be like a agents of shield where there's like six series of 24 episodes and you're like oh my god how can i keep up but i think limited series sounds like a good way to start um and it's oh yeah there's a hawkeye one as well isn't there yeah so the limited series are loki wandavision hawkeye falcon and winter soldier and i'm assuming the what if is as well yeah but that's not canon um but um well, yeah, i heard of course someone... not canon. <laughs> oh, true. i heard someone say what if Scarlet Witch is the villain of Doctor Strange 2 because maybe she goes mad in WandaVision and she's so powerful that she can alter reality or something. What do you think about that? I'd like that. Mm. Yeah, it could be interesting. We haven't had many strong female villains in the MCU either, so... No, mm. they haven't. Although I read, something, I read something that um, Hela wants to come back for Thor Love and Thunder or Thunder and Love, whatever it is. Um... Also, I like in that that they're bringing in the comic aspect of um, of uh, Natalie Portman as as Thor, mm. but um, I don't want her to continue. I'd I'd like I like her being Thor in a film, but I want I want um, Chris Hemsworth to continue being Thor. I don't want them to suddenly just sidestep him and be like, right, we're gonna stick with Natalie Portman for a bit because yeah. I think in the comics she becomes Thor. And she has in the comics. I think she has cancer. And when she, whenever she becomes four, it stops the like, cancer. But then when she reverts back to her, her normal self, she's got it again. Okay. So I don't know if they. I'm assuming they won't incorporate that aspect unless they're going to suddenly say something right like um, that. That stuff. That liquid stuff she had inside her has done something to her body or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, then, I mean, she's a human that was in space, so there is obviously like nuclear radiation up in in space so i guess you could have done that route 
One yeah. thing I'm curious about um, is like, so when they say she's going to be Thor, what does that actually entail? Does it mean like, I don't know what that means kind of thing, because will she have the powers of Thor, in which case yeah, like, so, like, so Captain it, America had the, had the shield and all that? Or will she be like, I don't know, how is it going to work? So Thor is the God of Thunder, but I think the hammer bestows upon, the, gives you the powers of Thor. That's, that's my understanding of it now. So Thor will still be the God of Thunder, but that hammer can give you the ability to control Thunder and to be able to fly. And I think in some aspects it will change your appearance. So for her, it will change her appearance and make her stronger. But I don't right. really get how they're going to do that. Yeah. And I'm also a bit cons- bit confused because I thought they were bringing in Billy... But no, Beta St. Ray? Like, he's the... Hey, he's right, the yeah, I thought they were bringing him in as well. Mm. And I'm like, how are they going to do that? Is Thor going to keep the axe? Or... I, just, I, I think there's so many dynamics you can do with Thor at the moment that it could go really badly wrong, I think, or it can go really, really, really right. Like the last film, like, that was it. I feel like the last film, although I really enjoyed it, that was a hit or miss film. Like, if the comedy didn't strike with that film, that would have been a dead film. Yeah, of course. But I think yeah. it, it, I think it's positive that they've got Taika Waititi coming back and they're not mm-hmm. trying to recreate the same humour of a different director. Yeah, I Yeah. Do. But then do you think they could be, maybe too much of the same humour will be too, like, will be too much? So one uh, thing I hope is that they don't try and kind of like go the Ant-Man and the Wasp route, where they kind of try and do the same sort of thing, but it's just not as funny. <laughs> so I kind of hope yeah. they do and like freshen it up a little bit in terms of the humour and maybe not overdo it on the jokes. Yeah. Well, I think you got the balance right in Ragnarok, but I guess Thor's yeah, progressed since then, so it would be interesting. And I, I don't know how Natalie Portman is with comedy, so we'll have, mm. to, we'll have to see. Um, do you think this maybe opens up the door for like She-Hulk? You know, hope so because I hate the, I hate the Professor Hulk. I hate it. Yeah, I and don't like him either. Was, wasn't despise it. Wasn't the problem with um, the Hulk that they didn't actually have the full rights to him, but now now they own Fox. They should do right. I have no idea actually. Because I think that's why they weren't allowed to make a, another solo film was because they didn't have the full rights to Hulk. Really? Oh. Yeah, and I don't know whether it was Fox or Universal or something. Um, but, I mean, uh, I'm not sure, so I was just sort of throwing it out there to see if any of you guys knew. But I don't know, mate. Nah, all right, fair enough. Um, well, I'll tell you what, yeah, also, I read, because you know I've been sending quite a few videos in like the chat, and I was like, alternate bits or... What would what would you think if something else happened in like the end game film and stuff? Yeah. Someone made a very good point that like, it would have been a lot more sympathetic or a lot more emotional if Mark Ruffalo actually couldn't become Hulk for a good duration of the film, and then when it came to putting on the gauntlet, Hulk then came out to do it rather than being this. I'm still, I'm still not very happy with that, but I feel like that would have been a better story than. Is Professor Hulk acting, trying to act all aggressive, kind of bullshit? I really didn't like. Really didn't think it was that good. For me, when I think of Professor Hulk, all I can think of is that really dodgy CGI from the bit they added on at the end. Oh, don't remind me of that. Oh, <laughs> that pissed me off so much, man. But Do you know yeah. what? That's, that's bare disrespectful. What they did. That's so disrespectful. Exactly. Yeah. Plenty of people. They. 
they literally could have done anything. Like they could have added an extra fight scene, just made it up on the spot, and it would have been better than that. I, I didn't even go to the cinema, <laughs> but I saw it, and I was like, they so so bad to do that to people because these are dedicated fans. I know it got them over the the threshold of one uh, two billion or whatever, but that's so bad, man. So so bad. They could have just left it with the Stan Lee tribute, to be honest. No, they needed more than that. I think. I think they needed more than that. It's nice, but you, you, everyone went into that film expecting an extra eight minutes of film. Yeah. And you didn't really get it, did you? You no. got probably a minute tribute plus a two-minute non-finished CGI. Yeah. I mean, like we've discussed a few times before, I thought it'd be the the scene with um, Catherine Langford that got cut out. But anyway, maybe we'll see it on the Blu-ray. Um, whilst we're on the subject of superheroes, Chris, have you finished The Boys? I have indeed finished The Boys. What did you think of it? Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought the comic books are way darker. Like, way darker. Really? Yeah, so I, I was reading up about it. I think in the comic books, you know Star... Is it Starfire? Starlight. Starlight. You know she, like, at, at the very beginning, has gives the guy... We assume a blowjob. Yeah. Apparently, I think if I read correctly in the comics, like three of them pretty much rape her. Oh, okay. And so, like, that's like how much darker the comics are in terms of that aspect. Obviously, they can't really do all of that. And then they, apparently, Amazon said they weren't allowed a scene where someone was like, is it he was? Someone was meant to be standing on like a roof, masturbating or something. Yeah, Homelander. Yeah, like... Yeah, I think Amazon rejected that scene. They should have kept that in, to be honest. I think they filmed it. They should have just kept it in. I mean, there's a... No, there's a a similar scene uh, in the first series of American Horror Story. Um, Yeah, that got aired. um, As well, I was going to say, like, so I'm assuming everyone's... Now, we've all watched it and we'll finished it and everything. Yeah. When he... When he announced that... Um, oh, I've got the names already. When he announced his wife got raped, yeah, and then you see that video of like her coming out of the office. Yeah. Did you think she got raped or not? No. Because I was not convinced. Sure. No, I'm from there. Think, yeah. I was gonna say I think that's the point is that he's always thought that she was um, assaulted by Homelander, but then when he sees that video, like. To the audience, it's like, well, she clearly looks like she's. Well, it's tough because how how do you know when someone's yeah. obviously that happened? But from memory, she doesn't seem that emotional, or um, she just seems a bit more kind of flustered. Flustered, yeah, like she has just had sex. So I think when I saw that, I thought she doesn't act like I would think someone would act if they had just been attacked. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's a delicate matter and. You know, yeah. but it seemed anyway, from my perspective, like the actress was playing it as it was consensual. Um, and things with um, with um, uh, with that when he saw the video, he had that Malibu woman like feeding him basically like the information as well. So it's probably like reinforced it in his mind. They think, okay, yeah, she was raped because I'm watching the video and this woman's telling me that she was raped, and I'm really emotional right now, so I'll pro- probably believe anything. Yeah. Yeah. True. I just yeah I yeah so, yeah I th- it was it was I thought it was a good series I think there's there's definitely some um, 
I definitely think there's quite a lot that you can improve on it. Um, Such as? So, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of it today because it's been it's been a while since I finished it. I did it tonight, I whole, just did it all in one day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, there's a lot of C-bombs in one day, mate. I know, I know. Um, well, for me... I, well, know, I, I thought sometimes the acting was a bit... Was a bit just, I don't know. No, go and say what you say, and then maybe I'll just agree well, with you. When me, <laughs> when me and Obi yeah. were talking about it, um, I said I feel like at the beginning it was really fresh. It was like we've not seen this before. It's all really different. It's like behind the scenes of superheroes, like they're sort of not personal lives, but you know what they do when they're not saving the world, and like the superheroes as a commercial entity is really interesting. And I feel like the more the series progressed, the more kind of standard it became and it was like yeah. oh yeah this is a you're kind of not bog standard superhero plot but i could see coming that um that uh, billy's family weren't dead and that it was probably homelander's family so it sort of became a bit more conventional um and yeah. i think that lost a, a little bit of the spark for me um but you know it, it, the, the love story between starlight and huey again was a bit like conventional with the whole you know, he he met her under false pretenses, but then fell in love with her, and then she finds out, but she forgives him. You know, it came yeah. a bit, bit standard, but I, I did really enjoy it. Um, and I wonder if this bodes well for the Watchmen series because evidently there's an appetite for like a more mature superhero series. Um, and I know the film Watchmen was very dark and violent, so you know, potentially. I was going to say, interestingly enough, about the Watchmen series, I think the creator of the comic said he wants absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if that's... If you've seen a sneak peek or... I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't bode well, then maybe. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, I kind of agree with you with the, what you're saying about the standard concept. Because I saw, like, near beginning that it was going to be, like... Not near the beginning, but a few episodes in... It's like the drugs thing. I thought it was so like stereotypical to like just throw drugs into it as well. Like, yeah. And then it's all being manufactured behind the back. The only thing that really threw me off was that uh, I thought the baby the woman had was was uh, Homelander's baby. And I was like, that's why he hates the baby so much. But then obviously you realise it's not his baby at all. That was a brutal death as well. That was fucking well brutal. Yeah, that was he cool. only hates the baby because the baby's getting tea. And he, he... In it. Yeah. He got it in the end, though, didn't he? That's wicked. <laughs> it's like that guy from Game of Thrones, you know. He's like... Oh, like, like Rob, Robin mom. Aaron. Yeah, he can suck <laughs> your mum. Um, <laughs> uh, from The Boys to Good Boys. Chris, have you seen this? Who? Good What's Boys, the, the comedy film that's out? Good Boys? No. Oh, okay. You mentioned it in the chat, but maybe you're talking about The Boys. Um Okay, fair enough. Well, do you want to talk about anything before you, you head off? Anything that you've seen that you want to mention? Uh, did you talk about Orange and New Black? I think Obi was in the penultimate episode last time we chatted. Uh, yeah, I finished it now. Yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, go on, Chris, you first. What do you think of the final series of Orange and New Black? Um, I thought it was all right. Um probably it was it was it was an interesting take on a few things like seeing the um oh what's it called uh the where's the place where they the deportation place like how they just treat people and how they don't really care and how 
it was really like brutal how they even had like kids in court who had no idea what they're confessing to or saying yeah, yes to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. if that's I, Yeah, I, I wonder as well. That's 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 an interesting one. I thought the whole Piper um, and her girlfriend wife situation was a bit just it was so boring. I was like, get over it, man. Get out Did there. Did you think as well, Chris? Did you think that um, Piper was a bit ungrateful for the fact that she'd been let out of prison? Or was it just me? Yeah, massively, mate. I know, I know, her living situation was shit, but like, grow up, man. Like, yeah, come. True. And then, um, what was what else was there? There was the whole. You saw a few of the old characters again. That was quite nice, I guess. Um, Did uh, and then J- Jason Biggs come back? Yeah, he came back. Uh, he basically told her straight like what she needed to hear, and she was just like, she was basically like, "Fuck off." Yeah. Uh, which I thought again, she's being a twat. Um, <laughs> and she ends up being with, she ends up being with the woman, and I was like, "Really? Is this is this really how we're gonna end it? Because it's not that's not true in real life." <laughs> so I don't know how they ended it, why they ended it like that. But in real life, she ends up being with uh, Jason Briggs, Jason's character. So oh, does she? I didn't know. That. Yeah. Imagine um, if you're if you're her real life husband and you're watching her wish fulfillment. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, yes, yeah, weird. Um, and then, yeah. And then, uh, I was trying to think what else there was. There was um, ba- thanks. Um, there was basically, I thought, because I I never wanted this many series to happen. Like, I think I said it back way way back when we when we were season like four or five. But we got to this point, and it's like, sweet, okay, we know it's finishing. We need to close some stories up. We need to sort some things out. And they just didn't. There's a lot of closure that you don't get from this. There's okay. a lot of closure you get from this that you don't get. So, like, um, what's her, is it Tasty's character? Don't really get an end to her story. And you oh. kind of, I would have liked to have seen that. I would have liked to have seen them go against ice and being like, well, this actually happened. And then have a, like a trial based on that, or something along those lines. I know it would have been difficult, but yeah, it was just shit. And then they talk about um, like the Me Too event and how Piscatella actually mistreated one of his employees in turn because he fancied her. Um, I didn't see that one coming. That was quite an interesting angle to take, actually. Um, whether they handled, I, I just don't know whether that was really a storyline that they executed very well either though um and then what was the other one that was really what did you think about um uh what's her name um thingy dying uh the drug overdose what's her name oh i've forgotten her name but yeah i know who you're talking about the one who was getting really upset because she's got dyslexia yeah she got dyslexia and she didn't get her extra time and then she overdosed on drugs i'm assuming on purpose yeah, and then before she found um, GED, yeah, she, uh, she yeah. killed herself. Then she actually passed. Oh, ironic. Yeah, no, but it made Tasty happy, but not in terms because the girl died, but in terms that she was going to give up, and she realised that she helped a lot of people with the study, and they all passed and everything. Um, and it was quite sad when um, the, the the security guard was singing because obviously he was mates with her, but no one knew yeah. he was mates with her. That was quite nice. The thing, the ultimate thing as well is they've they kind of. I know the series isn't. It's serious, but it's not that serious. There's obviously jokey bits and stuff. 
But I feel like the very end of it, where like the uh, warden gets fired because of all the shit that's gone down, and the ultimate thing that got her fired was that one of the guards stuck drugs up a chicken's ass and it fell out a chicken's ass. And I was just a yeah. bit like, oh, really? Like, is that how it's going to end? Like, because that was pretty much the ending. And I was like, whoa, okay. This is a bit shit. Because you, you know, you, and you also don't know what's real and what's not real. I'm assuming that last bit is not real at all. But I don't know. It, it, was, it was a decent series, but it just wasn't the ending that I really wanted. But yeah, I don't know. I agree. Sorry, Obes, I kind of took the floor with that one. I don't know if you... No, you've got it bang on, to be honest. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, well, yeah, just to, re- just to reiterate, like, yeah, I think a lot of people's stories were left unfinished, um, and it was quite unsatisfying. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, this series went on for probably about three years too long. Um, <laughs> and a part of me is glad that it's finished, but also annoyed at the way it finished. But, yeah. So now that, now that it's completed, where does it rank in terms of shall we say, Netflix originals and then just TV series as a whole? TV like, series as a whole, not very high for me. Okay. Um, Netflix originals? Uh, I mean, I think I overall probably preferred House of Cards to this. Um, well, even the definitely. terrible last series? Yeah, yeah. Even all in all, yeah. Because um, I think the highs of House of Cards were quite better than the highs of this. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that one. So and where I, did I, I well. where did Orange of the New Orange is the New Black peak? Season one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. To be fair, it went season one, which was really really good. Season two was, I think, decent. Season three, I want to say that was decent, and I think season four was dog. Yeah. Uh, season four was trash. But then they had that they had the ending, which led on to the riot, and I think season five like. Brought it back up again. Yeah. And it's season six was trash and season seven was okay. Yeah. yeah I think that's much. how I it. Yeah. So, yeah. It, so you're not going to miss it. No. I think it's such a, it was so dynamic and so different to begin with. And then it just lost its like rhythm a little bit. And then they added a whole dynamic that people were interested in with the whole riot. And it just kind of like fell on itself a little bit. And, it's, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? So, like, series... God, I've got to stop saying that. Ever since someone told me that's from Love Island, I've got to stop saying it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I just... Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to con- it's hard to make something like that continue to go, I think. Um, even though you have so many different stories, there's only so much that can happen within a prison, I think. It's like almost like Prison Break. Prison Break was way too much. Yeah. But because they got out, you could add a whole other dynamic to it. So how much yeah. of it was actually based off of um, the, the woman's memoirs and how much have they just sort of continued? Well, I think she was in prison for six months, um, which I think she is in this series in the end because she gets released early. Um, and she was a drug... She did do the drug smuggling, but I think her husband stayed with her and then she shortly after wrote the books. But I, I, I didn't read into it too much. I just... I was just was very curious on whether she actually was with Alex, or if, I didn't even see if Alex was a real character actually in real life. I assume she was. No, she is. She is. She's the one who. She. That is true. That Alex was the one who got her to smuggle it. I think. So does this does this end with um like Piper picking up a pen and starting her memoir? No. Oh okay. 
Fair it ends with her. It ends with because you're not sure what she decides to do. Does she go? She does she go off the, with this new lady, or um, or is it um, does she go back to? Does she decide to be with Alex? And then in the end, she's visiting Alex in Ohio because Alex gets transferred. Oh, okay. I think. Oh, I guess you've got to got to pick up another TV series then. Or I guess yeah. the CW, CW shows will probably keep you busy for a while. Yeah, they'll be back soon. I'll have to jump on that, I think. I'm running out myself. Although, I don't know if you finished Last Chance, you either, Obi, but... No, I'm, ho- I'm still halfway through the season. Oh, Chris, have you finished Stranger Things? I have indeed, mate. Um, Obi, I haven't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've literally... I, I know. But do you guys want to talk about it, or you not can, bothered? It's been so long since I watched it. Because <laughs> I'm not that bothered. You can do. I mean, um, let's just see, let's just give uh, quick overall thoughts on the season. Yeah, it's better than season two. Not as good as season one. Agree. Uh, loving the duo with forgotten their names, but I think we all know the duo. Dustin and Steve. Dustin and Steve. Dustin and Steve. I fucking love them too. I think they're the, I think they're the best thing about the whole thing. Um, oh, don't I need to grow some front teeth, man? Oh, no, he's got condition. I don't, I don't think oh, he can, he? mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'll take that back. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't know, did I? <laughs> <laughs> I apologise to Dustin. Oh. Um, take it back. What else is there? There's um, uh, I thought the I think the ginger girl when she was like really egging on Eleven to like ditch the guy. I was like, raw, this is brutal. Um, yeah, that's, that's girls though, isn't it? Yeah. And then the fact that wait, Glenn, do you care if we spoil it? I, I do not shit. give a flying fuck, mate. The fact that Eleven at the end has in 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 air quotes lost her powers. Don't believe mm. that for a second, mate. Don't believe that for a second. Yeah. And come back like a few episodes into the next series. Yeah. And in air quotes, Hopper dead. Don't believe that for a second, mate. Yeah. Don't believe that for a second. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a series four then. Yeah. Yeah. It was very. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know how they're going to do it because, um, what's this? What's what's her face is left. Will's, Will what Will and Eleven have moved away. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, no one gives a shit about Will, do they? So. I like you lot are so harsh on Will, man. It's like just Will. annoying. Although, Will's brother went as well. I was well surprised yeah. by that. I thought he'd stay about, stay, stay in town for the for the lady. Yeah. They're going out in real life. You know that, don't you? I didn't know that. No. Mad. Um, so I will say in this series, um, they don't give Will a lot to do apart from either moan that they're not playing D and D or to tell everyone that the mind flare is here. So, yeah. He kind of got shortchanged this season. I think. He definitely did. Someday, mate. There was basically... There was, there was several dynamics in this. There was the Dustin and... Oh, Steve dynamic. Oh, with the new girl, who I thought added to the dynamic quite well, and uh, Thingy's little sister. Erica. Yeah, that's it. They, I thought they did actually quite well, the four of them together. Yeah. Then you had, like, the little... You had uh, What's-Her-Face battling with, like, people not taking her seriously... Which is like a whole thing in that time, I assume. Uh, 
and she she was going a bit over the top like with the story she was going for like not many people would have believed her i don't think so yeah um then you got you max's got, brother being a little boss isn't it with will's mum no mike's mum oh yeah well that doesn't Tom's a sloop yeah, the mum <laughs> the the bails in the end she never really goes for it but um Milf hunter isn't it yeah i didn't even clock that she was the mum until she saw the two you see this dad like sleeping i was like raw this is peak um and then what else happens like you, you see dustin you think he's making it up about a girlfriend and all of a sudden she comes out of nowhere and tells him some funny think, huh? think about them singing the song i thought it was quite funny but i thought jokes because <laughs> yeah. it makes sense now because he because he was like because one of the girls was saying she likes my little ponies and he was like proper like defending it saying like if you like my little ponies you're a geek because it's like part of all this cartoon anime whatever yeah. bullshit and you're like what's he talking about but it's like it's kind of funny the way he's talking about it and then all of a sudden like the way to get his girlfriend to, te- to tell him the number they have to start singing together and then he gets wrecked afterwards for it as well which i think is so funny yeah. um but yeah, uh, so many so, different things. Do you think one was, more series, or do you think two more, or what? I think one is enough. I think they also have to churn this out as quickly as possible because these kids are growing up really fast. Fast, yeah, yeah. They've got to be like, like sixteen now, right? Yeah, I think they're fifteen, yeah. sixteen. They they could do like a flash forward thing. They could wait a bit of time and do it. That's that, that that's equally fine, but. Mm. I think you're going to lose... You've got to keep this going because I think you're going to lose steam on this show. And the ending shows like a... Is it a Russian base or a uh, Soviet Union base? Yeah. Uh, and that's the flag. You know, remember I was saying like when the series first came out and I was it's like, what's the flag? flag? Yeah. Huh? I was like, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to look it up. I figured it out in the end. But like at yeah. the very end, basically they, they like go to a Russian base... And there's these two prisoners, and uh, one the the guard goes to open a prison door, and he's like, "Not the American," or something. And then so they don't open the prison to the American, and they get another guy and put him into like some caged area. I'm I'm assuming the Americans Hopper, but someone was it you? Obviously, said it could be someone else. Someone said to me it could be someone else. Someone reckons. Someone reckons it might be. Uh, the dude who died in season two, but I was like, but you saw him die. Yeah, the one who was, yeah. Um, but then they, which guy? Um, the one that was going out with Winona Ryder. Yeah. Oh, Bob Newby. Yeah, and I was like, that's probably not going to happen. Bob having Bob as the comeback, but the monsters seem to have taken on a bit more of a humish form, I guess. Well, in the fact that they can walk on two legs. I didn't. I, did they, they do that before? I don't know. Or did, were they a different colour? I don't know. But basically, they, the Russians have a have one of these monsters, basically. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. uh, on the theme of uh, growing up, children growing up, it chapter two, which is going to be two hours fifty minutes long. Fuck um, me, really? Two, oh two hours fifty or fifteen? Fifty. Jesus Christ. 169 minutes. So it's all, almost 10 minutes longer than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And uh, just under 10, 10 minutes shorter than Endgame. But um, oh yeah, for a fucking horror film, that's going to be intense. But oh anyway, 
So Finn Wolfhard, who's in Stranger Things, is also in this film, It Chapter 2. And they are de-aging the young stars, even though they are all, you know, 15, 16, whatever. They're de-aging them, which I think is thoroughly unnecessary. That's mad. Because it's supposed, they're supposed to be two years younger or whatever. But just put a bit of makeup on them. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you have to spend yeah. the money de-aging already young children? It's crazy. But, um, yeah. Did you like the first one, Glenn? Yes, I really did. And I think the... Have you seen the trailers for the second one? I have, yeah. I think it's really effective. That, like, disconcordant... <laughs> and then, mm. like, obviously um, Pennywise being like, it's been 27 years. Like, I just think, like... The way that they've created it, it, it could quite easily be really cheesy and shit. Um, but I think they've made him look quite menacing. And yeah. uh, I'm really looking forward to it. The fact that it's going to be 2 hours 50, I think I actually might cry. But um, yeah. The thing is for me, yeah, the only issue I had with it was I, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of horrors. I watch them. Just, I, I'm kind of like you in, in the sense that I like to test myself a little bit. But yeah. I won't go and watch a really effed up film because... It's just not my not my thing. And, like, there was only one scene in the last film that really, like, got me. And that's... I knew it was coming as well. It was the projector scene where the idiot clown basically comes out the projector. That, yeah. that got big. But, like, I was just like, how does this thing die? Because it was just not dying. And it was doing all this crazy shit. And I was like, I get it's not real, but I need, like, more realism to this. Like, I need to... I need to be able to think fuck, if there was a clown in front of me who could scare the shit out of me like this, I'd be pooing myself, yeah? But, in fact, I was like, it's so unreal that I just can't associate the horror with it, in a sense. I don't know, but maybe it's just me. They do, they do kill it in the end, don't they? But do it just... Well, they sort of do, and then, obviously, the It Chapter 2 is 27 years later. Um, and it comes which back, goes in the pa- which goes in the pattern of the t- current twenty-seven years. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in the second film yeah, how how it happens. But um, there's also another horror film coming out this week called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that I would like to go and see. Uh, not quite as long as it Chapter Two is supposed to be, but um, yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to talk about other than the two films which i know you've not seen chris uh so is there anything else you want to mention before you shoot off uh or are you going to stay along for the ride i'll stay along for a little bit longer okay i'll stay, I'll stay until nine so go on hit me up with what tell me what was the verdict for the hollywood one okay well from one Shit. epic film in it chapter two to uh, another right. in once upon a time in hollywood uh, which was two hours 40, I think. Um, it's Tarantino's ninth film, which he likes to think is a big event. And, um, is it an ultimate film? Supposedly, yeah. So he said previously that he'll only do 10 films. He counts Kill Bill as one, even though there's two volumes. Uh, so this is his ninth film. And there, quickly, so wasn't there talk about doing a Star Trek film? Yeah, yeah. But so he's, he wrote a treatment for a Star Trek film and apparently he'll direct it. But again, maybe he won't consider that as part of his... Apparently he's got, got a lot of backlash, that whole Star Trek thing. Apparently mm. there's like a little feud with him and Simon Pegg or something. And obviously the guy who plays the main the main character in The, good, uh, in the Boys is uh, 
one of the main yeah, characters in Star Trek as well. Yeah. So I watched Star Trek the first one the other day for the first time, and I literally had no idea that, that guy <laughs> was um, Billy Butcher. Like he looks so different in um, in Star Trek without the beard and the hair. Yeah. He's also in Ragnarok. Is he? Yeah, he plays, yeah, he plays the bald the guy that Hella that Hella t- converts into a bad guy. Oh yeah, Shit, that is yeah. so jokes, man. Mate, he's a sick actor, then yeah. Because now you say it, I know, but I wouldn't have like proper pieced the pieced it together. And because I only I, the thing you said, Obes, I only clocked it when he had a someone spoke to him about the Star Trek film, and I was like, rah, it's him. That's mad. But he does a terrible God. British accent though. But, um, oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Tarantino's ninth film—it's basically a story about um, the end of the golden era of Hollywood, which was 1969. So you've got uh, Leonardo DiCaprio playing Rick Dalton, who is a TV star who's coming to the twilight of his his kind of stardom and uh, has gone from leading man to kind of guest appearance villain, uh, along with his longtime stuntman Chris. Uh, Cliff Booth, which I think is quite a good name. Um, uh, it's sort of them navigating their way through, you know, the current Hollywood, well, current as in 1969 Hollywood era. Concurrently, you've got uh, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate, who was the most high-profile victim of Charles Manson's murderous family cult. Um, she was pregnant and in and married to film director Roman Polanski when she was murdered uh, so this 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 is a weird film because you got the tension of the Manson murders and Tarantino very much assumes you know that that's what's happening or that's, yeah. what, that's what's threatened but at the same time it's sort of really really on the back burner it's sort of like Rick Dalton and Chris, uh, Cliff, I keep wanting to call him Chris, Cliff Booth um, just happened to be at the same time as, as Manson and it's like a weird coincidence, which evidently isn't because Tarantino made it up. Um, so he's sort of playing with real events like he was with Inglorious Bastards, but then flipping them to sort of be like, hey, this is what could have happened. Um and it's a weird tension because for the first two hours 30, it's very much Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth and just random segments of them kind of in their day-to-day lives and Rick. Random flashbacks. Yeah, like TV shows or whatever, interspersed with Margot Robbie basically just having a good time. Um, and then the last 10 minutes, it's like, oh yeah, remember the Mansons? Yeah, here they are. Um, so... As you can probably tell by the way I'm talking about it, I didn't enjoy it very much. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to pod yesterday after having seen it because I wanted to kind of consider my thoughts. But I think that it's definitely one of Tarantino's weaker films. Um, I think it's his most arrogant and self-indulgent. I mean, you get a lot of that with Tarantino anyway because he's so film literate that you know when you go and watch one of his films, you're either not going to get all of it, or if you want to get all of it, you're going to have to kind of read up on it, which is just sort of pass and parcel. But most of his films have got something for me that you can read into them and think, yeah, this is why he's done it. This is why 
what he's referencing and it's worked right so you know you've got great performances in Django you've got his homage to the kind of spaghetti western in that you've obviously got like the the kind of non-linear narratives of um pulp fiction and kill bill so there's a lot to kind of celebrate in his films but this i just i don't know i just kind of felt it was meandering and meaningless and a bit sort of distasteful obviously he's dealt with real life events within glorious bastards but there's a difference between killing hitler which you know other narratives have dealt with because it's quite a broad thing it's like yeah well what if the nazis won what if hitler was killed before that's fine but this was very felt more personal because it was like these four people that were murdered by charles manson's cult one of you know roman polanski still alive today it's his unborn child it's his wife and it's just because it was four specific people it felt a bit more like resonated a bit more was a bit more maybe for a bit more uncomfortable that he was dealing in this space and like did he have the right to um i think if he was doing a film about the manson cult itself then possibly you know it, it would have would have been a bit better um but it felt like two separate films and that they didn't mesh very well to me i, I don't know what, what are your thoughts obi okay so i'm gonna go on like a little mini rant yeah okay rant away Okay, so I remember specifically saying when I uh, watched the trailers for, for this film, I think there's two trailers that come out for this film, I watched both of them, and I remember saying, I have no idea what this film's about. Yep, I do, you, do you still? <laughs> well, I watched that film, two hours and 40 minutes, and I do not know what that film is about. <laughs> it's got no plot whatsoever in my in my in my opinion there are things that happen in the film but they are not the plot of the film so Nee was trying to tell me Nee's seen this film as well and he was basically saying that oh yeah the film's about rick dalton's acting career and how it's waning and da 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 i was like but no it's not really because you can't tell me how that resolves itself one way or the other by the end of the film does his yeah. acting career help? does it end like we don't know it's very so, it's very incidental it's, yeah. it's like Tarantino's used that plot device to shoo in the Manson. Hundred million percent. So he, in my opinion, I said, and I texted you this earlier. He wanted to film that final twenty minutes of all the blood and guts and you know burning people alive and stuff. Great. And he thought, okay, I need to make a film something. I need to make something around this to fit into a film. And he thought, yeah, fuck it, why not? Let me use the Charles Manson stuff. And I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make two hours and. 20 minutes more around around this 50 last 15 minutes and i think it's bullshit personally yeah but how many tarantino films have you seen out of curiosity i've only seen i've only seen django and reservoir dogs okay and what two, do you uh, two bangers of two bangers right there i, I really like both of them okay uh, i'll so, tell you what one, one that gets missed out quite a bit and i think it's actually fairly decent is jackie brown yeah i mean that's probably of his films the one i've seen least i've seen it once I remember yeah. enjoying it, but it is always one that people say is up there, and that's his homage to black exploitation films, um, which oh, were like films from I think the seventies, where obviously like well, like African American African Americans weren't kind of that prominent in Hollywood. I mean, not that they're massive, you know, not that the balances were dressed now, but it was sort of like they were like exploitation films, like, like violent and 
kind of sexy and stuff, but focusing yeah. on black kind of African-American, um, I guess, issues and, you know, things that they can relate to. But um, anyway, yeah, so I agree with you. There's very little plot to this. I don't necessarily have a problem with films not having a plot, but yeah. I like when, structure. I, when I say that this film is self-indulgent, arrogant, it's because I feel like Tarantino has been a bit lazy. So he said publicly he's going to do 10 films, right? Pretty much all of his films thus far have been successful critically, apart from Death Proof, which was his worst film. It's shit. Oh, I've seen half of that. I've shit. It's, um, I haven't even bothered watching it because I've heard I've it so bad. Yeah, I watched half of that. But then again, with that film, you can, like, because he's trying to emulate the Grindhouse style, which was, again, very much, like, schlocky, like, intentionally poor quality, um, you know, just violent and... and you know, he, he's trying to emulate a style there. So I appreciate it for that, but it's a terrible film. But with this, I feel like he's just sort of thought, right, it's my ninth film. People know it's going to be my penultimate one. It's going to attract a huge cast because he's well-connected. And people are going to see it regardless of what it's about. So therefore, he's just thought, what am I going to do then? I'm going to get two really famous actors, going to get them to chat for a bit, and then I'm going to put some violence at the end. Like that sort of, it just felt to me that he didn't consider it, you know, as, as well as some of the others. Like The Hateful Eight's got a lot of dialogue, but he's con- that, that was a plot where there's, you know, double crossing and triple crossing. And it felt like, yeah, he's put a lot of time and effort into, into that. And obviously Django's, you know, researching the Spaghetti Western and like comments about slavery. You can argue whether Tarantino has a right to, play in that field being a white man but all of his films you can sort of see what he's trying to do this it just felt like he wanted to get all the famous friends he's got put them in a nice setting and that's about it yeah i do also think that um uh this film obviously it's all it's an alternate history but i do think this film relies quite heavily on the audience knowing the subject matter beforehand kind of i mean i say subject matter very loosely so basically knowing about the Manson murders in Sharon Tate, because the way the film ends, if you don't know anything about Charles Manson or Sharon Tate, you're thinking like, OK, what fucking relevance does this have? Yeah, but that's what I mean when when I'm saying that with Inglorious Bastards, killing Hitler, like obviously it has ramifications that you might assume that, you know, the Jews wouldn't have been gassed or whatever. Like, but that's affecting a very broad population, whereas the fact that it's like, for specific people that did die in a brutal way and he's now decided that he's created a film where they live it's sort of for me that doesn't sit quite right it's sort of like what what why does he get to you know if roman polanski had made that film or that's that plot you'd think okay well obviously you know it's yeah it's his family that passed away blah 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 but i don't know it just seems like he was doing it to i don't know it, it just didn't sit right with me and oh, shit, mate. Shit. I'm sorry. Can I? I'm just going to go off on a few more things, yeah. So, yeah. Um, didn't like the plot or the lack thereof. Every scene in this film with Sharon Tate or Margot Robbie is completely unnecessary and doesn't affect the film 
in any way, shape, or form. You could take all the scenes out, and the film is exactly the fucking same. It's all, and the film's two hours 45. You can cut all that out, and the film is exactly the same. I'm watching Sharon Tate go to the cinema and watch herself in a film. What am I watching that for? Watching her put her dusty feet up on the fucking chair. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, so some critics have said that this film celebrates the kind of forgotten mm. people of Hollywood, right? So oh. you're Rick Dalton's... You know, your TV stars that never quite made it into film, your, your stuntmen. Um, Sharon Tate was an up-and-coming actress. So it's, that's celebrating that, right? That's And I, I, I get that point of view, and I think that that's a valid reading of it, but I just don't think it works. I think if he'd made a film about Rick Dalton and how his star power was waning and, you know, sort of explained why that was happening in 1969, you know, why that period what changed in society that meant you know the, the kind of westerns weren't as popular and now it's the hippie movement you got your easy riders you got your lack of censorship um like that would be interesting if it was like a case study on the end of the golden era of hollywood or if he'd made a film about the manson murders if yeah. he'd made a film about sharon tate again it would have been controversial and does he have a right to but at least I, I don't. I didn't feel anything for Margot Robbie's character because you don't really oh. get to know her. She barely speaks. And then you know that she dies in real life, and then it's like, oh, she lives. It's like, but because I wasn't invested in Margot Robbie's character, to me, I was like, okay, well, but I know she does die in real life. So this whole fairy tale kind of revisionist history was like, it just felt like two separate films. And I know that the second series of Mindhunter is uh, using Manson as a plot device. Um, but I feel like that will be more kind of thought out and, you know, it wouldn't just be... I mean, if you put all of those scenes together of the Manson cult, probably be about 30 minutes of film, if yeah. that. And it's not explicit. And again, this is Tarantino expecting his audience to know these things. I feel like there wasn't too much of too much threat because you see Manson once and he doesn't seem particularly menacing. It it just pretty much all of it didn't work for me. I liked the the setting he created of the late sixties. The acting is good from Leo and um, Cliff. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I Brad. I did like the bit where Rick is playing the villain and he's he's got the interaction with that little eight year old and she's like, "It's the best yeah, acting I've ever seen." Yeah, and like. I would watch a film about Rick Dalton being a TV star. So, but it's just the other kind of meaningless things that happen in it. And I was just disappointed. Yeah. Uh, so that's the thing. So my main my main thing is that considering the director, the cast and the amount of hype this film's got, I just feel massively massively let down. Yeah. And like a couple more things quickly before before we finish off on this. I don't want to talk about this much longer. Um, Jet Li in the film, kind of pointless, I'm not going to lie. Um, There's bare uh, outrage about that, you know. Is actually, why? Um, people have said it's racist. Oh, right. The, the kind of caricature portrayal of him. Um, I can see that. But yeah, like, again, like Tarantino, he, he casts someone as Bruce Lee, he casts someone as Steve McQueen. Like, but Damien Lewis is in it for about four seconds. And it's just like, what point is coming up? I know. It's just... 
it's just him being like, hey, I know all these people. I'm referencing all these things. It's like, look at me, how smart I am and how dumb you are because you don't know what it is or you have to research it or whatever. Like, he gets away with it in his other films, but for me, not in this one. Rubbish. Um, so, yeah, last couple other things. Um, I think they, he completely, obviously this is all turn history, whatever. So I think the whole um, ranch scene with... Um, Cliff Booth, um, when he's looking for his mate George, I think they did really well there to build up all that tension, and then in the end, it just came to nothing. His mate was alright, and he was like, oh yeah, cool, see you later. Yeah. And he punched some guy in the face and said, yeah, fix my tyre. Yeah, I genuinely thought George would be dead or whatever. And... Yeah, or something exciting at least would have been good. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's and... him shoehorning in his friends. Like, he's, yeah. you know, worked with Bruce Stern a lot, and he's like, Hey, I need to get you in a scene. Need you to say a few f words. Um, you know. Um, last thing. What was it? What was my last thing? Um, did Rick Dalton? Um, did Cliff Booth kill his wife? We'll never know. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did. We'll never. Uh, but I want to. I, like, I wanted more on that. What's the point in mentioning it if you're not gonna like you know put more into it? They, like they they made a big deal out of it, but then it was only mentioned like maybe once or twice. Yeah, and also he no. says nothing when that woman says to him, you're a wife killer. He didn't yeah. even, like, deny it or get angry or whatever. I just think, oh, this... The only saving grace of this film is DiCaprio and uh, Brad Pitt. They are both very good. Apart I from think that, DiCaprio I... will get a nomination. Yeah. Um, I also want to just say, and again, this is my own sort of interest in censorship. Um, if this wasn't a Tarantino film, I would say it would be a 15. I don't know what you think. Um, if you thought about that much because all of Tarantino's films are 18s they're all very violent they're all very sweary blah 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 this film obviously sweary yeah but apart from the the last few minutes which the last few minutes is very is very gruesome though it's violent but is it more violent than other things we've seen like I saw someone actually tweet the BBFC and say John Wick Chapter 3 is a lot more violent than this film why is that a 15 you know think I mean, well, yeah, I guess, I mean, the BBFC's answer was that this film has realistic violence. But is, is it that realistic in the sense that, like, he throws a tin can in someone's face and he's high off his nut and then Leo flamethrowers someone? Like, it was all very stylized and very, like, hyper-real in the sense that John Wick is. I, I don't know, I just, I feel like, again, it's sort of like, Tarantino being like, hey, this is a really kind of mature film. You should watch it. I don't know. Just, I'm being cynical. but And the thing is, the fact that you saw before the film that it's rated 18 and then you go two hours and whatever minutes of the film and you know nothing 18 where this happened, it kind yeah. of makes you know, okay, the last 20 minutes is going to be mad. Yeah. It's not quite Midsummer levels. Mm. But... I don't know. Also, the voiceover thing that they were doing towards the end was kind of annoying. <laughs> oh, I re- yeah, really did not like that. Yeah. It's just... Oh. Anyway, it was, I mean... In my opinion. What'd you rate out of 10? Four? Yeah. Shit, I said, really? I said, I said five, and that's being generous. And that's with, like... Shit. If the Capra and... If the Capra and Brad Pitt went in, I would have said, yeah, three. Yeah, do you know what? Maybe I would give it a four and a half because of that. that. There are bits of it I liked, but when you when you take it in the context that it's two hours forty, 
Yeah. You know, and then the, the things that I liked about it were so kind of sporadic. It's definitely his second worst film after Death Proof, probably. Um, but yeah, hey ho. Um, Where's it in your Tarantino film list? Well, second from bottom, I would say. I've only seen Jackie Brown once, um, so I I can't really say for sure where I would place that, but um, it probably goes something like Pulp Fiction, Django, Kill Bill 1, uh, oh. Inglorious Bastards, Jackie Brown, um, Kill Bill 2, um, I'm sure I'm missing some. Oh, no, Reservoir Dogs would be up there. Um, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill 2, this, Death Proof. I don't think I've missed any, but... Oh, Hateful Eight. But, yeah, I mean, it's... it's. I heard one critic say it's his masterpiece. I was like, what? Nah. But that's why we're average critics, isn't it? I think it's, it's what you said earlier about people thinking that they should like it, so they're saying, yeah, I like it, but in actual fact, it's not very good. Yeah, it's cultural capital. It's people being like, oh, I saw that new Tarantino film. Did you see it? Which is one of the reasons why I saw it, but I'm sort of trying to be objective about it. It's like if you saw, if Scorsese brought out a film and it was rated 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, people would still go out and see it and, and be like, oh my God, Scorsese's the best film, you know, because it's Scorsese. It's like, he's a revered director, so. Quickly speaking of Scorsese, have you, any, either of you seen the trailer for The Irishman? No, I haven't, but. It's not coming out on Netflix. You should have a watch. It looks like it'll be decent. But Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino. It's pretty cool. Damn, that's an impressive cast. Yeah, that's that's the sort of, that might be another, another one of these. Yeah. It's what the sort of cast you would have had in the early 80s, I think. Mm. With your, like, Casino and Goodfellas and that. Um, do you want to finish off with um, Good Boys? So we had The Boys. Now we've got Good Boys. Uh, I might sign out here, boys. Um, but... All right. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, heads up, me and I just won't be on the podcast next weekend. Wow, why not? Because we're in Dublin. Oh. Do you know that's the city that uh, keeps expanding? Dublin. Is that a joke? Yeah, D- Dublin. Dublin. Anyway. And on that bombshell, are we leaving this call? Right, see you later, boys. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. definitely use that one while you're out there. That is terrible. No. I'll let, I'll let Obi be the one to tell everyone else that. I'll I'll, I'll let him have that one. So Good Boys is a comedy from producer Seth Rogan. Uh it's about three I think they're 12, they're like 6th graders anyway. 12-year-old yeah, boys who are sort of navigating the world of early secondary school and, you know, the pressures that that entails uh, from kissing parties to to kind of, you know, breaking rules that their parents set them and stuff. Um, it felt to me like a series of, like, sketches that were sort of loosely tied together. So the main plot is that these boys uh well one of their dads got a drone he says don't touch the drone so they touch the drone 
the drone breaks and then they have to then buy a new drone which encounter which means that they have to sell drugs and you know all these like funny things so it's quite a loose plot but i actually really enjoyed it i think i enjoyed it a lot more than you did obi um but i found it funny i found that it captured the the kind of the mood of being a 12 year old boy and you know all of that sort of stuff you know like friends that you had from primary school that oh you're going to be friends forever but are you really are you friends because you like each other because your parents like each other or because you live close together um you know uh, they they got words wrong like it's like oh she's a nymphomaniac it's like no she doesn't set fire to anything it's like you know these, these funny little little things you think oh yeah you know I'm, I'm sure i would have thought something like that or yeah i don't know, i think it captured that that mood quite well um what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I kind of wished, I, did, I tweeted, I wished I'd watch it in a theatre full of people because I feel like um, I, it would have helped with like, kind of, like a social laughter kind of thing. Where did you watch it then? I, well, I watched it in Beckenham, but it, uh, it, um, there wasn't many people in the cinema. Oh, okay. Like, probably, like a handful of, handful of people. Um, I found some of, the, some of it funny. I think some of the jokes fell a bit flat, personally. Um, and maybe they tried a bit too hard at times to make a joke. And I think a lot of these kids, especially, well, mo- all, all three of them, actually, I feel like are quite naturally funny, but I feel like they kind of forced a few, a few of the jokes in. But there was a lot of it that I did find very funny. I like that the black kid was just a massive neek, because you don't see a lot of that in terms of like, like a stereotype kind of thing. Normally the black kid's like the cool kid, but like this one's a bit of like a neek, like he can't, he can't lie and tells his mom and dad yeah. That was cool. Um, and yeah, I did enjoy it, but I think, I don't know, I watched the trailers for it and I feel like the, the trailers made me think the film was going to be like hilarious, like proper funny. Whereas this was all right, but you know, I wasn't like laughing for ages kind of thing. I think the humour is, it's like, oh, these kids shouldn't be saying that word. Or yeah. using that. Like they did rely a lot on like these 12 year olds playing with adult toys that they, they probably didn't realise even when they were on set, what they were, you know, it was a bit sort of like, oh, okay, you're putting them on a sex swing now, are you? Okay. Um, yeah. I did, I did, I, I found it quite funny. I think I've not laughed at a comedy like that for a while. I think comedies are quite like horrors in that most of them are just really average. Yeah. Um, so when you find one that you think is above the rest, it really stands out. I wouldn't say this is like, the best comedy I've ever seen or anything like definitely not it probably won't have too much rewatch value but certainly in, in things that I've seen recently it's one of the better ones yeah yeah I haven't watched many uh... oh my goodness Wolves. I haven't watched many um, good comedies this year to be honest I think have there been any I was kind of trying to think like I watched Stuba that's something like, I think off the top of my head this is better than Stuba to be fair um, yeah. damning with faint praise but um, yeah I don't know I think I don't, I don't know I think if I had watched it with, with somebody I probably would have found it a bit funnier I think I'm, I'm a bit weird like that like I'll watch Family Guy by myself and I won't find it very funny if I watch it with someone else I think it's hilarious no, there is definitely that social kind of yeah like you said social laughter because some people find different things funny and also you just I think you just when you're on your own you might you might think about things differently or you might just be 
thinking about other things and you might not be in it you know you might be in a lonely mood and therefore you're not wanting to be entertained as much whereas if you're in a cinema with people everyone's there for the same thing they all want to laugh so um geez wolf just scored um ruben nevesh but yeah so i i did enjoy it and also and i i'm not one for churning out sequels to comedies but i genuinely think i would watch a film about them in like three years when they're like middle of high school sort of thing that's what that's actually what i was thinking and i was thinking like um i would watch these kids like do do stuff like in another in another film kind of thing and also there was a part of me that thought that maybe they would at the end of the film they would do kind of like a flash forward where like one of them's at the other one's wedding or something like that but they didn't do that yeah yeah but i think if you kept these same actors and you know they're like 15 or whatever and they're you know maybe more interested in girls or whatever like or maybe the 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 black kid is is still kind of as kind of not interested in girls as he is now that sort of thing like you could definitely get a lot of comedy out of that if if they kept yeah. the same actors yeah so um, I yeah i agree and um another thing is that like um i was act- obviously the film kind of ends in a way where you're like you're not entirely sure if they're still like best friends Obviously, they hang out and they hang out on the sex swing at the end, but <laughs> apart from apart from that, like they kind of did grow apart, which obviously is like a part of life. But I was kind of hoping they would like come back together again and realize they actually are best friends. But I didn't really. But I think that's more realistic, isn't it? Is that you like? Cons- certainly, I don't know about you, but from our group, like none of the people that we're friends with now, apart from Nathan, was I friends with in primary school? Yeah, that's true. It's probably it's exactly the same to me, to be fair. So it's yeah, you know, it's one of those things that as you grow, you, you kind of change friends, and they are still friends, but they just they've all got their their own groups now. Mm. Um, Would you yeah. describe this as a coming of age film? Yes, definitely. Um, I think it's not like I thought it'd be more of like a sex comedy in the way that Superbad was. I'm yeah. kind of glad it wasn't because they are far too young for that sort of thing. But yeah, I'd, I'd really enjoyed it, and like I said, I definitely see it a film about them in a few years' time. And if the film does well enough, I'm sure they'll they'll be thinking about one. Mm. What do you rate it out of 10? Um, like a 7. Fair. Yeah, I think that's kind of above average comedy. Mm. I'd probably give it a 6.5, six yeah. Okay. What, what did you give Stuber out of curiosity? I think I gave it a 6. But in hindsight, probably should give it like a 5. Okay. So it is... So it's not just marginally better than Stuber, it's like considerably better. Yeah, it's quite a bit better than Stuber. Yeah. I feel like this year has not been good for comedy. I, 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 I wouldn't have even thought of Stuber. Like, have any other comedies come out? I'm I trying to think, think now. I can't think of any. It's just been devoid of them. Mm. It's just been superhero films, isn't it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, um, have you seen Hobbs & yet? No, I haven't actually. Oh, I think I've sort of missed the boat on that. I, I don't think it's showing very much anymore. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but once I found out about this, the, the cameo, I was sort of like, oh, you know, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Bastard tweeting. But, <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to talk about, TV series or film-wise? 
Um, yeah, I saw. Um, what did I watch? I watched um, Blinded by the Light, uh, which is a, I think, sorry, semi autobiographical film about um, a young Muslim uh, child, a young Muslim kid from Pakistan. Um, basically, lives quite a sheltered life. Um, his Excuse me. His mom and his mom and dad are, are immigrants, and they're very. This is in the eighties. Um, in he grows he grows up in um, Luton. His mom and dad are like very traditional, very strict. Like um, he can't really pursue anything creative. Um, they want him to go to school to sixth form and study um, economics, and go to uni to study business management or something like that. And he doesn't want to do that. He writes poems and stuff like that. He wants to be a writer. And basically, the um, the film's just about how. Um, this um, kid was introduced to um, Bruce Springsteen by um, a Sikh kid who's in his sixth form, who and they become like best friends. And basically, how Bruce Springsteen, like the lyrics, um, changes life, and he, Jesus. and um, he basically becomes like obsessed with Bruce Springsteen and like using his lyrics in like every facet of his life, and he uses it to like try and become more confident. He changes his hair and his clothes and his attitude. He starts write, showing his writing to his teacher and like he starts writing for the school newspaper and becomes more assertive. But that leads him to like clash with his dad. And like so there's like a um quite a big culture clash there with like modern Britain. And um his dad quite often uses um the phrase something along the lines of like we're not British, we're not like these people, we have to follow our traditional ways. And this is also during the time um when the um, national front was quite prominent. There's like Margaret Thatcher's Britain, that sort, that sort of era, okay. and so there, were, there was like quite a few um, uh, scenes of like racism and calling the people calling the p word, and there was like national front marches and stuff like that. So it was him having to deal with that, and like him wanting to integrate himself into a country which seemingly didn't want to accept him, and that's kind of what his dad was trying to tell him and, and protect him from. But at the same time, he kind of wanted to spread his wings, fly. Okay, that sounds quite sentimental yeah that's the thing like i oh my god i um appreciated very much and i don't know do you know what it is yeah i love uh i love a father son story and i don't know if we were talking about this earlier but i think when we were doing like our top rankings of films a lot of my films have to do with like father son relationships i don't know if that reflects on my relationship with my dad or not even though i feel like me and my dad have a really good relationship but i don't know but, um, <laughs> You've got daddy issues. <laughs> I might be actually. I'm, I'm just not sure. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Magnus. Hey, it is. Shout out, shout out my dad. Shout out the chief. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chief. So literally. Um, so yeah, I do appreciate. I appreciated that side of it and like the clashes he had with his dad. I think that's when the film was at its strongest and when the film was really well acted. Um, so like, there's that point at the end where he basically does a whole big speech about. Um, him growing as a person and how Springsteen inspired him and um, how much his mum and dad inspired him and stuff like that. Um, But also, at the same time, I do think a lot of the acting is very, very cheesy and not great, especially with a lot of the Bruce Springsteen-related stuff because he kind of, like, quotes his lyrics and uses them in, like, actual sentences when he's talking to, like, real people. And it's a bit weird. And, like, I can't imagine that's not really the sort of thing that happened when like in real life and also like him and his mate like regularly would just start 
singing Springsteen and like running and running and dancing and stuff like that in the middle of the high street and stuff like that. And I think like this really happened. I mean, whatever. It's it's <laughs> all, all fun and games, I guess. What what um, is it with like recently, the last six months or so? There's just been an explosion of like films about specific artists' music. Yeah, Obviously, I know. You had Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, and then you had that Beatles one. Now you got this. Yeah. yeah. It's strange, isn't it? Like they all just come come at once. Surely like I don't know, is it some producer heard that one thing was happening and then all of a sudden they've all got to have a little bit of it. Because even that um I don't know if you saw that that Christmas film that was uh the trailer came out um last Christmas with Amelia Clark. Um no I haven't. I've heard of the trailer but I haven't actually seen it. I mean that's about George Michael's music. Okay. Or, or they integrate George Michael's music within the film. It's yeah. just like what? what's going on? Also, the fact that a Christmas film is being trailered in August, but comes out in November, is also yeah. perplexing to me. Like you come out full six weeks before Christmas. Strange. Seen the trailer for the um the Judy Garland film as well. I did see that a few weeks ago. I might go see that. Do you, do you reckon you'll go see it? Probably only because I'm sure Renee Zellweger will probably get a nomination for it. Yeah. Um, but also on a, on the subject of trailers i saw a bloody trailer for tenet which is chris nolan's new film comes up next july uh why, why am i seeing a trailer that... for a film that comes out in 11 months time how does that go the trailer what's the trailer about it's john david washington and he looks at a bullet hole and then he also looks at another bullet hole and then the tenet sign sort of is a palindrome so it's like same backwards as forwards and it rotates and it, it it reads the same upside down and all of this sort of jazz. So it's going to be mind-bending, I'm sure. But just, yeah, I mean... I don't think I've seen it, to be fair. Uh, so it was only like a 30-second or so clip. Um, okay. But yeah, next July comes out. Ooh. Have you seen the trailers for um, Ad Astra, the um, Brad Pitt film? Yeah. Do you think it was good or no? Not especially, to be honest. No, fair enough. It, I think it looks like it just sort of seems a bit standard, but mm. I don't know. I like Brad Pitt, so I'll go and see it. It's also yeah. Fox, so it'll be interesting to see if it makes any money. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the ones that Disney have decided to carry on releasing. Oh, okay. That's good. I mean, they cut a load of it. Um, yeah. But, and also, they're apparently remaking Home Alone, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and National Museum, or whatever it's called. Not Nightmare at the Museum, which came out it. 10 years ago. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, so they're rebooting those for Disney+. Plus, Which, whew, I guess new generations and all that, but that's why we've got DVDs. Anyway. Yeah. I don't hold any of those films particularly fondly, so... Um, I would Home Alone quite fondly, to be fair. I feel like Macaulay Culkin um, won't be able to be replaced, but I suppose I won't know until I see it. Yeah. But then you see what he's like now. <laughs> yeah, true. Do you recognise um, Hayley Joe Osment from The Boys? You know, the guy who plays... Yeah, I recognise him, yeah. Yeah, he's, he was a child actor. Mm. He he has he looks exactly the same, it's just his head is a lot bigger. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what what's coming out that you want to see? What What's next on your list? Um, well, I kind of wanted to see Dora the Explorer, but you shamed me into not watching Why do you want to watch Dora the Explorer? Because <laughs> I used to watch it as a child. Oh I want to see what it's like. Apparently, oh. apparently it's not that bad. 
Really? Um, so yeah, I want to. I might go see that. I want to see um, Angel Has Fallen, but I haven't seen London Has Fallen, so I want to watch that and then watch Angel Has Fallen. I'm sure you don't really need to, but yeah. Yeah, but you know, for continuity purposes, even though I know. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I know Gerald Butler's going to be um, looking scruffy as fuck as normal. Um, <laughs> I'd actually like to see a film where he uses an Enterprise car to uh, get yeah, that. Yeah, same. <laughs> 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 well, that <laughs> yeah, is quite a funny advert. Um, is that a dive? Oh, no, it catches him. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to what try and see the scary, scary movies at Tell in the Dark, It Chapter 2. Um other than that, I'm not really sure what's coming out apart from the ones you mentioned. But yeah, I do want to try and see Hobson Shaw if I get a chance. Yeah, um, you should at least try. It. I don't think do you know. I don't think you'll like it, but <laughs> try and watch it anyway. I like the Fast and Furious films though. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. This one's a bit batshit. Though, I'm not gonna lie. They're all batshit, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? Um. Oh, no. You me? One thing I want to say. <laughs> Yeah, mate. See you in it. <laughs> I think that's um, a good place to end. <laughs> yeah, um, All right, well, um, usual spiel of we're on social media, not that anyone ever interacts, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg, you only laugh, man. <laughs> i waste my breath on it, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> your laugh is your laugh's amazing. Oh, that is so, so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, so tune in next week. <laughs> oh, Glenn, man, that's just a shit ending. Any better than that? <laughs> Could be a better job than that. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, you later, I guess. We're well, sharing all that, but you're not going to, are you? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.